Welcome to Moadon Ivri, Winter Quarter, Club Hebrew. Welcome everybody. Uh, as we continue and finish up our section on the penitential psalms, and within a week or two we'll have to decide what we want to do next. So if any of you guys have particular suggestions of texts you'd like to go through for winter quarter, uh, please let me know and I'll be happy to take those up. If you want to do something else in the prophets or if you want to go back to narrative, um, something else in the writings, it's kind of up in the air. So um, email me or whatever, drop me a note. Uh, I'll be happy to uh, take it under consideration, very definitely. Um, we are near the end of Psalm 130. And uh, I think that we had gotten through verse 6, uh, so I will take it up there. Uh, remember, this one is another one, as most of these penitential psalms are, characterized as, as laments. And uh, again, um, uh, notice how verse 6 starts, Nafshi Ladonai. Uh, my soul for Adonai, my soul to Adonai. Notice as you, you as a reader um, uh, are trying to figure out what's the relationship, see? And notice that that's actually given you in verse 5, where in verse 5, again, I wait for Yahweh, my soul waits, and for His word, I hope. All right? My soul for Adonai. So notice we're already assuming by filling in the verb that it's uh, from Kava or Yachal again to wait. So my soul for Adonai. Miss Shomrim la Boker. Um, Shomrim again is that participle uh, used as a substantive and the min of comparison. More than the watchers for the morning. And I'm, I think I mentioned last time that there, the night time was divided into three watches. And so this is probably that last watch as they're waiting for the uh, day to break. And then it repeats itself. Um, and uh, again, you supply, so my soul for Adonai, more than those who watch for the morning, those who watch for the morning. All right. And um, then we go to, uh, now we go to verse 7. So we have verse 7 and 8 to go. Yachel Yisrael el Yahweh, ki'im Yahweh ha-chesed. Let Israel hope. Yachel is the uh, PL imperative from Chalal. I'm sorry, from Yachal. Okay, from Yachal. So uh, again, notice it's first position uh, in the colon, and very commonly, as a rule of thumb, we have those those kinds of verbs that are first in the colon have a volative force. So let Israel hope in. Yahweh. And so notice that the theme for the last three verses is this theme of waiting and hoping. Okay? Ki'im, for with Yahweh is hachesed. For with Yahweh is faithfulness or mercy. Um, ve, now notice the last phrase. Ve imo pedut. Can anyone see what the root of pedut is, first of all? Pada. It means what? To redeem. Good. And this is the noun. A noun means redemption. Okay. So with him redemption. Now harbe is one of the, is this infinitive from rabbah. Remember to be great or to make great. But notice it has this adverbial function here. So redemption with him greatly. Um, and so you you know very kind of idiomatic English. With him is. In KJV, plenteous redemption. With him is abundant redemption. 
something like that. All right. Again, notice how poetry is very terse, and uh, you are, uh, as a reader, you know, trying to work through the syntax. It's almost as if the author, in certain psalms especially, puts roadblocks in front of you that you have to work your way around, and in, in doing that, it causes you to think deeply about things or takes you on a path differently than you might if it was just in a simple prose form. Okay? Um, so good. Any questions about anything in verse 7? Vehu yiftet Yisrael. And he will redeem Israel, Nikol Avo Notav, from all his iniquities. And he will redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Alright? Short and sweet. Any questions about 130 before we get to the last of the penitentials? Alright. Let's turn to 143 then as we come near the end of the Psalter. Um, it's very interesting because as, just as you're approaching the Psalter structurally, notice that as you come near the end, the note of praise, there's a huge uptick in the note of praise, the theme of praise, and, and it reaches that crescendo by the time you get to Psalm 150. So here you have a lament and followed by what's normally characterized as a, a royal psalm or something like that in Psalm 144. And then Psalm 145, you start these uh, hallelujah and hymn themes. So here's kind of like the end we're getting kind of the very end of the lament, so to speak. So verse 1, Mizmor la David. Again, Mizmor, a psalm of David. Yahweh Shema Tefilati Ha'azina El Tachanunai. O Yahweh, hear my prayer. Ha'azina, Hifil from Ozen to give ear to. Uh, give ear to Tachanunai. Give ear to my please. Is, notice that this is a plural noun. Okay, how do I know that? Patach. Notice the patach under the nun. All right. So give ear to my pleas for mercy. All right. Uh, in your emunah, in your truthfulness or faithfulness, aneni, answer me. Call. Uh, imperative from what verb form? Ana, to answer. See, in your faithfulness, aneni, answer me. Betzid kateka, in your righteousness. Again, a very interesting construction, see? So you have the verb in the middle of these two prepositional phrases. Um, in your faithfulness, answer me in your righteousness. And so... Uh, notice again, as a reader, you naturally then begin to try to connect... Zedekah and Emunah and see them together. See, so that the distinctions by the meanings of the word are actually undercut by notice how they appear in similar forms and together. So you kind of have, again, poetry does that a lot of times and in so doing, you're under, you, you have this, it has this ambiguity about it. So the two terms are different, Zedekah and Emunah, and yet you're being forced to kind of see them alike. See, so uh, so the meaning of the words is undercut by the syntax in which they're placed, let's say. 
So you have two things going on. It's kind of interesting. Can you tell us more about MML? I mean, how is that in contrast to um, or oh, uh, is there, is see, they're all they're all synonyms like Zedekah, Emunah, Emunah. Um, is, I translate it as faithfulness, but remember the word you might know is Emet, which means truth. Mm-hmm. Amen is to be firm, and the Hifil is to believe. So again, the best English gloss for that you could have truthfulness. Uh, faithfulness is a very common one. Something like that, right? Right. And then, you know, your, uh, uh, answer me in your righteousness, um, or with your righteousness. Again, that word has a real broad range of meaning as well. So they, you see them a lot of times, uh, either, even though they have distinctive meanings, you do see them a lot in the same context. Here they're really brought together tightly, though. Good. Any other questions on verse 1? Verse 2. al kavo b'mishpat et avdeka. Do not enter into mishpat with your servant. Do not enter into, how would you translate now, mishpat? Do not enter into mishpat with your servant. Judgment. Judgment. Notice here that mishpat has more of a negative connotation to it, right? Um, It's a thing you don't want to have. In other contexts, mishpat is used more in what we might call a sense of justification or even salvation contexts. So here it's very different. We would gloss it with a, a different English word then. See, so do not enter into judgment with your servant. That's what he's afraid of. Kilo yitzdak lefaneka kol For not will be right. Here's a great, notice this. For not will be right before you all chai. Any life. See, so no life will be right before you. So he recognizes kind of the nature of his sinfulness, his sinful state, especially in relation to God. All right. Uh, uh, Any questions? Again, the grammar and stuff is pretty simple. Yeah, Jim. Just just out of curiosity, is that uh, for not will be right and all life, is is that kind of a a common Hebraism? Oh. um, The negative and then the positive. For not will be right for you. I I mean, common, yeah. I'm trying to think of how else they would do it. You could try, you could do, you could probably front, you know, with a, like, low high, no life, will be right before you. I wonder, that would be an interesting study to say which occurs more often if you split it like this. But notice what this does to the reader. For not will be right. See, you're looking for a subject. Not will be right before you, what? Now, then you have this whole chai. Um, so it kind of, you know, not will be right before you, all life, anything living. Um, the same thing with positive starts. Oh. Flesh, and then with a negative. Oh, does he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is that a, a regular style of his, do you know? Not that I know. I don't know, yeah. Yeah, it would be interesting to kind of set up a word search or a structure search to see uh, how common the two phrases are. But you're right, now that you look at it, the subject is delayed to the end of the clause. Good. Okay, verse 3. Kiradaf oyev nafshi dika la'aretz chayati. For has pursued the enemy my nefesh. So enemy is a subject. For the enemy has pursued my life. Dika. It has crushed. This is a PL from Daka. 
to the ground, chayat, chayati, uh, my chaya, again, my life. Again, notice nefesh and chaya are parallel uh, uh, synonyms. So again, the enemy has pursued my soul or my life. It has brought or crushed to the ground my life. Okay? Um, Hoshivani bemacha shakim. Um, uh, he has made me, notice this is a hifil from what root? Yashav. Yeah, yashav means to sit. So here he has made me sit down. He has set me down in macha shakim. You've never seen this word before. Take a guess at it. He has set me down. Look at the root. What's the root? Chashak. Anyone know what that means? In a, if it was a verb, chashak, to be dark. So put a mem in front of it. It's a noun, plural. What would it be? Dark places. Or, yeah, in a more abstract term, darkness. But, so he has put me in dark places. Very descriptive. So my en- the enemy has pursued my soul. He has crushed my life to the ground. He has set me down in machashakim, dark places. Okay. Um, now notice the next phrase is he, there's an ending here. Kemete olam. As, see that root? Mete. What is that? It's a participle from mut. Metim. As the dead of olam. As the dead of forever. As the forever dead. See, so again, uh, notice the. Uh, the nature of, of uh, his distress. Very descriptive. See? Especially his last line. So he has set me in dark places. Now, what are those dark places? He defines like, like those who are eternally dead. The dead of eternity. Okay. Good. Any questions on verse 3? Yes. So is the, the key in verse 3 and, and verse 2 referring to the same thing then? Um, but like, so not pursue me for, and then he says for again. Oh, that's a good question. Let's see here. Uh, do not enter into judgment with your servant, for not will be right before you. Um, uh, I think it could be. Uh, you could also have kind of a more assertive function for that. Certainly, my enemy has pursued my soul, and then the implication: don't you do that too? I mean, that's another way to kind of get a more emotional. Um, tone to to the psalm uh, rather than just kind of this logical he's giving all these reasons why which you know, I guess is possible too it's a good question um, any other questions on three alright verse four here's the root atop it's a hit pile to grow faint alright so Ruhi, my Ruhi, my spirit, has grown faint, a lie, upon me. Betoki, uh, in my midst, yishtomeim libi, in the midst of me, my heart, now this is a, uh, from Shamam, okay, a hitpael from, hitpolel from Shamam, which means to be astonished. So my, in my midst, my heart, is astonished, uh, namely um, uh, astonishment, you know, with a kind of horror, horror, horror. I think maybe that's even a better word, is horrified in me, something like that. 
Alright? Um, verse 5. Zakarti Amim Mekedem. I remember days from Kedem, long ago, days of old. Hagiti Bekol Pa'alekem. Hagat means to meditate, call. Remember, we got that from Psalm 1. Um, I meditate on all Pa'aleka, on all your work. say on the work of your hands, Asokea. Again, this is a polail from Siach. Siach is a synonym of Hagat. And it means, again, to meditate, to contemplate. So, on the work of your hands, I think or meditate, cogitate. Um, It'd be interesting to just pause a little more over this first section and see where he's going with this argument. Um, Because notice there seems to be a jump in thought from four to five. And uh, we have to think a little bit more than we have time for today about the relationship. So notice as a reader, I'm kind of wondering, where is he going to go with this? Okay. Uh, verse 6, Perastia dai eleka. I have spread out my hands to you. Uh, what conjugation is perasti? Nope. PL. Notice the resh doesn't take the dagesh, so it spits it out and makes a seire. Perasti, I've spread out my hands to you. Nashi, my soul. Notice the shell shell at the lightning bolt accent there, which I think the, the uh, Masoretes wants you to pause, and it's kind of an emphasized word. My soul. Te'eretz ayefalaka. See, so notice how it goes. My soul, as a land ayefa. Uh, ayef is weary. Notice uh, it's kind of a parallel word to the verb in verse 4, ataf. Here it's ayef, and it's an adjective. As a weary land to you. That's, think about that. I've spread out my hands to you. My soul, it is as a weary or tired land to you. Sela. So if Sela means some kind of a uh, meditation on this verse, uh, or it's a music, musical notation or interlude, we don't know. But notice the line kind of reaches a crescendo here uh, in his thoughts. And so you get a sense in verse 4, 5, and 6 of he's kind of concluding a thought, a minor thought theme in the psalm. Okay? Uh, Yeah, Will. Is this a part of us? Is it it base form in the call or is it base form in the PL? I can't remember whether there's a call form or not to tell you the truth. Paras. I don't know. Does anyone know? I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, any other questions I can't answer? <laughs> there may be. That's uh, a good question. I'll have to check it out. Maher Aneni Yahweh Kaltaruhi. Here's another PL imperative. Hasten, Aneni, answer me, O Lord. Right, good uh, English translation would say, answer me quickly, but notice how he's juxtaposing two imperatives. Hasten, answer me, O Lord. Kaltaruhi, my soul, Kala means comes to an end. See, so my soul has come to an end, or my yeah, my ruach has come to an end. Al taster paneka mimeni, do not hide your face from me. The taster is a hifil, imperfect from satar. Do not hide your face from me. That nim shaltiim yordebor, mashal here means to be like. Here's a nifal perfect first common singular. 
and I am like, or I am compared with your day. Those who go down. Uh, this is a call participle, plural, in construct. And I am likened to, or compared with, the goers down of the pit. Those who go down to the pit. See, So do not hide your face. And so notice the relationship between the two cola here. Do not hide your face from me, or I will be like, or be compared with, those who go down to the pit. Okay? Kind of matches up with the end of verse 3, like the dead. Right yes. Dead. Yes. See, so notice uh, he kind of comes back to that theme. So his own demise is very much on his mind. Good. Yeah, we'll stop here and we'll finish this up. And uh, then, yeah, uh, please email me or talk to me about your. Uh, Preferences, and we can we can go through. You know, if you want to take it like one of the book of the twelve, we can go through a whole, a whole uh, prophet if you'd like to do that. You know, one of those short books, like three or four chapters, pretty neat. What's that? Hosea's eleven chapters. That could be big.